All right, so let's begin with uh, the pranam mantras as we do all the time. So uh, let's focus on the screen and you can all uh, join your palms and uh, let us start discussing this very beautiful chapter again. Let's dedicate this session to His Divine Grace, Eti Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder Acharya of Iskon and my beloved spiritual master. So kindly join your palms and let's uh, chant the pranam mantras. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyat Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityanandha Shri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratvishe Namaha Namo Brahman Devaya Go Brahman Hitayacha Jagadhitaya Krishna Govinda Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanjana Gauranghi Radhe Vrindhavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhyayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Agnana Timirandasya Agnana Janashalakaya Chakshurun Militam Mena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Hare Hare Krishna everyone, welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita study circle. 
so uh, we have uh, a very interesting chapter to start today and uh, it is session number 68 so we have so many wonderful concepts that will be discussed in this chapter by lord krishna and uh, there are some very important things which we can practically apply and follow in this particular chapter the verses the instructions which will be so easy and useful for all of us so that we get closer to krishna and uh, it's very very interesting maybe some paradigm shifting concepts will come up as we discuss this uh, chapter 7 so we have uh, kaushik joining us we have uh, hina mata ji and we also let me check we have yes vinod ji also joining us so welcome all of you and uh, in this uh chapter chapter 7 which is also called as gnana vigyana yoga uh, prabhupad uh, names this uh, particular chapter after the sixth chapter which was called as sankhya yoga prabhupad has kept this title as knowledge of the absolute so prabhupad is uh, giving this title as knowledge of the absolute so before we actually enter into this chapter called knowledge of the absolute let us have a quick recap actually in the last session the session abruptly ended in the end because of some technical problem so i just wanted to wrap up that a little bit in the sixth chapter we have understood that how krishna specifically focused on the astanga yoga process now in the beginning of the chapter i had mentioned that how the previous chapters from chapter 1 to chapter 5 lot of discussion was happening on the external sadhana bahiranga sadhana where krishna explained about the karma yoga how to perform action how to perform action without any expectations how to perform yagna and then we also learnt about gnana yoga what happens to a person when he acquires gnana so all these different activities and yagnas and all these different aspects of sadhana were all bahiranga sadhana where you are supposed to get involved physically using your physical body a lot of activities you are doing so this is bahiranga sadhana so what happens in the sixth chapter is it is antaranga sadhana where a yogi is gradually he makes his transition from the bahiranga sadhana to antaranga sadhana where he moves from the external sadhana to the internal sadhana through the process of astanga yoga so initially in the astanga yoga also there is yam niyam yoga and pranayama which are basically a lot of these things are supposed to do with the body the physical body but when after pranayama when you shift to pratyahara then dharana dhyana samadhi so what is happening is slowly you are transiting from from the external to the internal the focus is becoming more and more inward you are becoming active not externally very physical that you are showing off your bhakti and other things it is more of an internal thing so this is what krishna has explained in fact many times even in our krishna consciousness also 
it all begins with lot of bahiranga sadhana initially it all begins with so many external activities that we do to the deities we go to the temple and do service we have prasadam we cook for the lord we do deity worship and all this preaching activities that we do most of the things all these things begin with external physical body but we should not just remain at this level we are supposed to gradually taking all these instructions and experience of this external sadhana we should shift inside that's why it is called as krishna consciousness so it is a game of consciousness so what happens is in this stage you are supposed to internalize all those experiences and take krishna as your heart and soul you should say that yes krishna is my only soul krishna is the only protector so this shift should happen and this is possible only internally no matter externally how much we tell or you read you listen from somebody other some other devotees all that is needed and it will support you but ultimately you are supposed to become krishna conscious how much are you really thinking about krishna in a day so that becomes very very important and that is where we will be called as devotees at least in the pages of krishna's uh, uh, definition of uh, bhakti this is where we will be defined as ah yes he is a true bhakta because he is constantly thinking about me he is conscious about me that is how krishna actually he sanctions our bhakti or he accepts our bhakti at that level but yes many people with tilak and kanti mala with whatever dress and other things all that is needed it supports you but we should not just remain at that position so it is more of an internal game that we are supposed to play with us ourselves in terms of consciousness extremely important so these aspects krishna has explained and krishna said that uh, how in the previous chapter arjuna had asked two questions very important that he said that mind is extremely difficult to control it is difficult to control then uh, the wind chanchalam hi manat krishna pramati balavat gridam he is saying that chanchalam hi manat krishna the mind is very chanchala and it is pramati mad and balavat is very strong so how do i control this so krishna has explained that by abhyasa and by vairagya you can control your mind then arjuna had another question he said okay uh, i understand that it is it can be controlled by abhyasa and vairagya but what if i am not able to or what happens to those people who are unable to complete the process of yoga and they don't achieve the perfection in this very lifetime then what happens to them so immediately then in the last chapter we and last session we understood that how krishna is promising and assuring arjuna that don't worry anybody who has incompleted who has a sadhana which is incomplete then i will give them an opportunity again so one thing is because of their acquired punya they will go and enjoy in the heavenly planets for many many years and when they return back to the earthly planet they will be born in suchinam shrimatam gehe they will be born in the family of brahmanas vaishnavas and also shrimatam if not in a very very aristocratic family so this is how krishna is assuring that there is no loss so everything that we are doing in our spiritual activity is all going and sitting in our permanent bank account it's an amazing investment that we are doing it's a great asset that we are building up every sunday every day when we are doing sadhana 
Gradually we are building up our spiritual assets. It's very very nice. So Krishna ended the chapter 6 by saying that yes, a yogi is the topmost of all when it comes to karmi, agnani, uh, karmi. Ultimately the greatest of all these people is a yogi. So Arjuna you have to become a yogi. But then Krishna is saying yogi also there are a lot of grades. It's not that everyone is of the same grade. In yogis also there are different grades of yogis and Krishna is saying that the topmost yogi is yoginam pi sarvesham madgate nantaratmana shraddhavan bhajate yomam same yuktatamo mataha. So who is the greatest yogi? Shraddhavan bhajate yomam. A person, a devotee who is constantly bhajatam. He is glorifying the Lord. Bhajatam also means devotional service. Prabhupada says Bhajatam also means not just singing and doing kirtan. It also means devotional service. Bhajatam. Shraddhavan. With full faith. A devotee, a yogi, when he understands that Krishna is my protector, Krishna is my heart and soul, and he is engaged in devotional service, such a yogi is actually the topmost yogi. So it's not that a yogi who actually goes into some sort of uh, forest and simply goes on mental speculation and he does a lot of physical activity and maintains his body properly and is able to see the Paramatma. No, that's not enough. Just seeing the Paramatma in the heart is not enough. Here Krishna is saying he needs to be bhajatam. He needs to be engaged in devotional service. Only when a yogi is engaged in proper devotional service unto the Lord, that is when he becomes the yogi naam api sarvesha. He becomes the topmost yogi. So that is why Krishna, when he has given this instruction, Prabhupada said, okay, this is what I will make in my society of Krishna consciousness devotees. I am going to offer them this topmost thing. So Prabhupada did not compromise. So that is why if you see, in every chapter, Prabhupada is constantly saying devotional service, devotional service. Whenever they are talking about karma, Prabhupada says devotional service. Jnana Yoga, devotional service. Why? Because that is the ultimate essence. So even if somebody takes this Bhagavad Gita as it is and he reads third chapter which is talking about karma yoga, but in as it is, he will also understand that it is bhakti yoga. So Prabhupada doesn't want to miss out this essence of bhakti yoga. That's why Prabhupada is very consciously giving his purports which are in line with the intent of the Bhagavad Gita. That is an Acharya. And this is the greatest compassion of Prabhupada. He just doesn't want anybody to escape this beautiful, wonderful opportunity to get connected to Krishna in such a beautiful manner just by engaging in devotional service. Shraddhavan Bhajita. So, Prabhupada wants to make all of us the topmost yogi. The topmost yogi. And the best thing is, you don't have to go to the jungles. <laughs> what a nice thing it is. You don't have to go to the jungles to become a topmost yogi in Kali Yuga. So it's a very simple process. So in the beginning of our uh, Bhagavad Gita study circle when we started, I had explained in the introduction that how this whole Bhagavad Gita has 18 chapters and the first six chapters they deal with a lot of different types of yoga than Arjuna's confusion of course but lot of different types of yogas are explained in the first six chapters and there are a second set of six chapters that is the middle 
from 7 to 12 chapter 7 to chapter 12 this is where krishna is now going to talk about bhakti yoga he is now going to introduce himself and he wants to establish his position which is so supreme he is going to establish all these things in this middle six chapters and in the last six chapters the set of six chapters krishna will explain about the three modes of material nature the prakriti the trigunas and the uh, uh, the daiva guna and the asura guna all these different aspects are again covered in the last six set of uh, chapters so now this is very very interesting section where in this 7 to chapter 7 to chapter 12 the bhagavad gita's real intent will be surfacing up and so intelligently krishna has sandwiched between this uh, karma yoga and different types of yogas and other aspects of prakriti in between you know the lord has kept the most essential thing just like in a sandwich also you see top layer is the bread down is the bread and then in between is actually the uh, dish that is so tasty that gives the uh, whole sandwich the real taste isn't it so bhagavad gita is also sandwiched like this where there is an upper layer there is a lower layer which is okay okay it is good it has some taste but the real taste is here now so we are now entering into the most uh, uh, esoteric uh instructions of bhagavad gita that are going to come up uh, in this uh, six chapters from chapter 7 right so i hope you're all very excited now to know and understand uh, what is this chapter 7 all about so this is jnana vigyan yoga very nice things will come up so we will understand some uh, uh, some more important things about krishna here okay so uh, maybe dev you can unmute yourself and uh, let us uh, chant this uh, particular first shloka so it's a very interesting shloka so shri bhagavan uvacha shri bhagavan uvacha maya sakta mana parta योगम योगमुंजन्मदाश्रय असंशम्य सम्रम यसी तुणु श्री भगवान उवाच श्री भगवान उवाच मैया सक्त मना पाता मैया सक्त मना पाता योगम युंजन मदाश्रय योगम युंजन मदाश्रय असंशय समग्रम यथा 
free from doubt. Yes, thank you so much. Hare Krishna. So, so nicely Krishna is saying that okay, the topmost yogi is the one who is actually Shastavan and he is always engaged in my devotional service. So, continuation here in the very next verse, here in this first verse of uh, chapter 7, Krishna is saying, Oh Partha, now one who is nicely practicing the yoga with fully being conscious about me. So that means Shraddhavan Bhajata with mind attached to me, who is my Asaktaha, my is very much attached, then by being attached to me, Yogam Yunjan Madashrayaha. Madashraya means he is completely taken shelter of Krishna. There is no other shelter. Krishna is the only shelter for me. Asamshayam samagramma yadnyayati tashrunu. So Krishna is saying here, with mind attached to me, you can know me in full, free from doubt. So, tashrunu. Tashrunu means you have to hear properly. So this is the secret. This is the secret of spiritual life. And this is the secret of everything that we do spiritual. What is that? First thing is Shravanam Tatshunu. You should become an expert listener. What to speak of spiritual life? Even, even the day-to-day modern uh, communications and other things, people talk about being a good listener. So, Krishna is stressing on this point. Become a good listener now because I am going to reveal something very, very important and interesting. I am going to take you closer now. That what Krishna is saying here, my asakta. That how to become a, how to develop that asakti towards Krishna, that Krishna is going to explain now going forward. So this is very important. And how to develop asakti is by listening. If you carefully notice, most of the things that we are getting attached to today in a day-to-day life, it's all happening or it all begins from listening. If you carefully notice all these advertisements, either on the TV or either on your mobile or anywhere, what are these advertisements doing? It's constantly bombarding a certain message to you. It is bombarding a message that, yes, please take this, please buy this, this is what will happen, this is what will happen. So what is happening when you constantly listening to the same message again and again, then what is happening? You are developing an attachment to it. Oh yes, this is a nice product. This is a nice product. I need it. I need it. So this is how they will brainwash through sending sound messages to you. So Krishna is now saying, okay, anyway, this is the process of getting attached. What is the process of getting attached to anything? That is Tatshunu. When you listen to something with your attention, the resource called attention, then that is going to develop an asakti in you. That will develop an attachment in you. So now Krishna is saying, I will talk about me and many wonderful things about me going forward so that when you hear about these things, you will become attached to me. My asakta manapartha. Krishna wants Arjuna to get attached to him and all of us so that we listen about Krishna, we talk about Krishna and then slowly get attached. 
to Krishna. So this is how our consciousness is trained to think about Krishna. When you're constantly listening, that's why hearing is extremely powerful. We should hear from a proper source, from devotees, and at the same time, that shavanam should be done in such a way that you increase the intensity. How to increase the intensity of listening? Any answer? Any answer? How do we increase the intensity of listening? This is my question to all of you. How to increase the intensity of our uh, listening? We have Amit Rajput also joining on YouTube. You can unmute also and you can speak. My keen observation, Prabhuji. Keen observation. Kaushik is saying meditation. Okay, meditation. For example, now you are listening. Now we cannot meditate. Can we meditate? If you have to meditate, then what is that one thing that you have? I just actually gave a hint earlier. Focus. Hinamataji is getting closer. To become focused, what is that you have? Devotional service. Controlling the mind. Good, good. Vinoji. So control the mind to be focused and to meditate. Or to be focused on certain things, especially now when you are listening, you are all listening. So, if you have to listen, there is something special that you have. Chanting, listening and attention. Ah, this is the point I was looking for. So, Hina Mataji got it. Attention. See, this is a very nice, very powerful resource that we have called the attention. So, Many times we keep listening, you know, a lot of times we are listening, even to the TV ads. But actually, we are not listening attentively. And when you are not listening attentively, you are not getting attached. You will never get attached to that particular thing. See, many times as devotees, we are also going out and we are seeing sometimes uh, you, uh, some billboards or maybe you are seeing some message constantly that is popping up in your message. Some ads are coming constantly. It's not that we will get attached to these things. Why? Because we don't listen to them with our attention. I may look at it. I may even hear it. But then I'm not going to give my attention resource to that particular object or that particular advertisement. I don't give my attention resource. So when we don't give our attention resource, then what happens is I'm not going to get attached to it. I will immediately delete that and go to the next one. So what happens is if you now have to become a wonderful listener, a good listener, what happens in the background is you need to give your attention. Only when you give your attention to that listening, that sound vibration, that is when attachment will develop. This is a simple formula. That is why when we hear so many different sounds, we are not getting attached to everything. We don't get attached to everything. Every day so many sounds are entering our ear. We don't get attached to them, although we hear them. Why we don't get attached? Because we are not giving our attention resource to it. That's why no attachment. It's an internal thing. So that is why if you now know to appropriately use this attention resource, then you know where to get attached, where you should not get attached. So where you are giving your attention day to day, you just check this. Wherever you are giving your attention more and more, you will develop attachment. All these people who are doing uh, this stock exchange and this uh, business related to stocks, what is happening? 
constantly they are listening about the stock hearing about reading about and they are giving full attention to it so with this what is happening they are getting attached to money they are constantly attached to the money and this attachment is so strong and although now they have the strong attachment but the external situations are so dynamic and fluctuating and when certain things goes down and it collapses then they will be in turmoil they will be in such a uh, problematic situation they will suffer so much why because the attachment was so strong suddenly it broke my god this is how that heart burns will happen because of attachment and this is true with every relationship also you take any relationship where you listen to a person constantly there is attachment and that attachment is becoming stronger and stronger and suddenly that person goes away then there is so much of heartburn there is so much of pain because you were listening attentively so attachment is caused by giving your attention where you don't give attention no attachment that is why krishna prabhupada also in the purport is very nicely explaining about the that how if you want to understand about the absolute truth then in the first canto there are some shlokas that krishna prabhupada is uh, quoting here shrinutam swakatak krishna punya shravana kirtana ridyantastopi abhadrani vidunoti suratsata so what's happening shrinutam swakatak krishna so when you hear about krishna katha then what is happening punya shravana kirtana you are constantly hearing and dancing in the kirtanas then ridyantasto abhadrani so all the abhadras in the heart are getting cleansed all the kalmashas within the heart just by listening all this is getting washed away then vidunoti surutsatam you will become very pure you will become my friend how is all this is beginning because of listening attentively all this one one and a half year almost two years now we have been discussing this bhagavad gita all this is happening because you are attentively listening and the attachment is developing gradually so what is happening is your attention is causing you to get attached to krishna gradually now the more you give your attention the more you are going to get attached nashta prayesho bhadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavati uttama shloke भक्तिर भवति भागवतम भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नैष्टिकी यू विल बिकम अ वेरी वेरी स्ट्रांग भक्ता जस्ट बाय लिस्निंग अटेंटिवली रेग्युलरली देन व्हाट हैपेंस तदा रजस्तमो भावः कामलोभादयश्चये चेतयेते अनाविद्धम स्थितम् सत्वे प्रसिद्धति ऑल दिस रजोगुणा तमोगुणा ऑल दिस डिफरेंट टाइप्स ऑफ ग्रीड एंड लस्ट ऑल दिस unwanted things will become washed away it will leave you automatically just by shravanam evam prasanna manaso bhagavat bhakti yogatah bhagavat tatva vijnanam mukta sangasya jayate 
So when you become freed from all this lust, greed and unwanted things, then what happens? You become prasanna manaso. You become very, very happy. You become very, very light. You, nothing bothers you now because you are fully attached to the right person. Bhagavat Tattva Vijnanam. Bhagavat Tattva Vijnanam means you have understood Krishna with Tattva Jnana, not sentimentally, with Tattva Jnana. You will know that this is absolute truth, that Krishna is the absolute truth. Then Prabhupada is also saying, Vidyate Hridayak Granthis Chidyante Sarva Samshaya Shiyante Chasya Karmani Drishta Evat Manishwari. So, all this knots, you know, Hridayak Granthis. What happens? There are so many unwanted knots in our heart. What, what do I mean by the knots? The unwanted attachments that we have. Whenever there is an attachment, it sits as a knot in our heart. So, when you listen to the Bhagavatam continuously to Krishna Kata, Nityam Sevaya you are doing, then all these unwanted attachments that you have, these knots that are there in your heart will be smashed, they will be cut off. And then you will have a very wonderful pure knot that is getting established with Krishna, that Krishna conscious knot, that attachment will develop. And this attachment is so strong, that attachment to Krishna is so strong, it will not allow any other knots to get formed. It will just break all those unwanted knots. It is extremely powerful. But provided you pour nice bhakti through your attention. What is that watering that we are supposed to do in our heart, that small creeper of bhakti, that bhakti lata, Bhija, we have sown. We have actually sown the Bhakti Lata Bhish. That small seed is sown in our heart now. In the last one and a half year, slowly this Bhija is developing into a creeper. It is becoming a Bhakti Lata. Lata means it's a creeper. So that creeper of Bhakti is growing, growing more and more and more. Now, if it has to go more, then you are supposed to nurture it. How? By giving your attention. By being fully conscious about Krishna. In the Bhagavatam there is a description. It says that when this creeper grows, 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 it will actually grow to such an extent that it will actually penetrate all these different layers of the universe and this creeper will grow and reach the lotus feet of Krishna in Goloka Vrindavana. So we need to nurture it until this creeper of bhakti goes and touches the feet of Krishna in Goloka Vrindavana. So now already it is growing. It is grown to some extent in last uh, few months and last uh, one year and above. The creeper is growing. So let this creeper continuously grow. Your bhakti lata will go and touch the feet of Krishna. That's it. Then you see what will happen. You will become prasanna manaso. You will be fully happy. So what a day will that be, you know. Uh, so nice when you offer everything to Krishna. At the lotus feet of Krishna. Complete, completely yourself to Krishna. And you become uh, fully uh, Krishna conscious. And you are uh, uh, surrendered to Krishna completely. And Krishna takes you in his arms. What a great thing that will be. There is that uh, nice video that I had shared earlier, the me and the mind on YouTube. You see how the mind was so disturbed and these two guys, how the mind is talking to us. And then at the final, at the last scene, 
in that video you see that how both the soul and the mind they go and surrender to krishna lotus feet that is the day we should look for so very beautifully uh, prabhupad is explaining here and so nicely prabhupad has given this shlokas here that if this process is followed then what is happening is asamshayam samagramam so then bhakti yoga will actually enable us to become free from all this unwanted affection and without doubt we will reach the ultimate goal so this is what very nicely krishna is uh, explaining here now let's go to the next verse and uma uh, kumar you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next verse ज्ञानम तेहम स विज्ञानम इदम वक्ष्यामि अशेषतः यज्ञात्वा नेह भूयोन्याज ज्ञातव्यम अवशिष्यते once again gnanam teham sa vignanam gnanam teham sa vignanam idam vakshami asheshatah idam vakshami asheshatah yagnyatva neha bhuyonyaj yagnyatva neha bhuyonyaj gnyatavyam avashishyate yes please read the translation नॉमिनल and by knowing which there is nothing further to be known such a wonderful thing it is just see what krishna is saying here krishna is saying here that i am going to talk to you the most important thing both the phenomenal knowledge and nominal knowledge and this is complete and if you understand these things there is nothing more to be known what more do we want now all the fear that we have is because of ignorance but when knowledge is there knowledge gives us lot of courage krishna is saying why is saying this he is saying that you will get this knowledge because when you get this knowledge completely in full you will become fearless and you will get courage you will get courage to fight so that is why knowledge is power knowledge is extremely powerful and here this is the speciality of bhagavad gita we should all know krishna when he is saying that i am going to give you full knowledge it is full knowledge but whereas there are so many different scriptures for example even when lord jesus christ when he was here jesus christ he said to all his followers that there are so many things that i want to talk to you and tell you instruct you but you people are not ready so i cannot give you that knowledge because he was dealing with people who were all shepherds 
and he could not give although jesus christ was aware of all the wonderful transcendental knowledge but he could not speak to those people because they were not ready and he could not speak the full knowledge to them this is the speciality of the bhagavad gita because here krishna is saying i will give you full knowledge why is he saying this because arjuna is a qualified disciple that is why when there is a proper teacher there needs to be a proper student also to receive the knowledge so this is what makes bhagavad gita complete because the knowledge of the bhagavad gita is not incomplete like the other scriptures here it is complete knowledge because krishna is saying i will talk to you about both phenomenal and nominal what is phenomenal knowledge what do you understand by phenomenal knowledge what is phenomena what do you understand by phenomena what happens what is phenomenal knowledge can you give some example of some phenomena that you see every day science guruji it is accepted everywhere correct so in science there is something we talk about phenomena what can you give some examples of phenomena any one of you what types of phenomena have you actually studied in your schools or day to day also you see a lot of phenomena happening right before your eyes what is that different phenomena i mean do you know you can comment or you can just see what type what are the different phenomena that you see in the day to day world krishna is talking about phenomenal knowledge he's saying that <laughs> let us talk about gnanam vigyanam both so he is going to talk about phenomenal knowledge and nominal knowledge what is phenomenal knowledge or what is phenomena what type of phenomena do you see okay so kaushik is saying gravity solar eclipse yes that's a phenomena that happens once in a while right gravity is a force every day you just see you drop and it will fall down one phenomena good it's phenomenal knowledge any example any more examples or any other phenomena that you see rainbow yes rainbows you know when there is light rain and then you see this beautiful rainbows it's a phenomena that you see in the nature then thunder hurricane good good come on dev vinod ji vinamata ji all of you contribute something ha ah, the tides okay the tides are also there that's a phenomena that has happened especially on the full moon and the dark moon on amavasya and purnima you see the high tides on the ocean that's a phenomena great wonderful very nice something that happens but which we cannot explain fully okay aspects of nature yes there are a lot of phenomena like that which are gone unexplained even till date you know those electric magnetic electromagnetic waves that flows in the north pole and south pole different colors aurelia something it is called like that so those things <laughs> so hina mata ji is saying god himself is a phenomena is it a phenomena day and night day and night is a phenomena okay vinod ji earthquake okay earthquake is it a phenomena okay i'll still take that earthquake you see every day you know this uh, phenomena of photosynthesis let me check amit also is saying on youtube they is saying about uh, something happening is phenomena okay and magnetic force yes magnetic force that is also phenomena okay 
So you see, every day when there is uh, sunlight and the sunlight falls on the green leaves, the green leaves through the phenomena of photosynthesis, it nourishes the plant. We have studied about photosynthesis. So it takes the photons from the sunlight and then converts that into the photosynthetic process. That's a phenomenon. That is how the plants are getting nourished through the sunlight. Isn't it? So like this, there are so many phenomena that are happening. But you see what happens is for any of these phenomena to happen, there needs to be a certain cause. For example, for the phenomena of photosynthesis, there needs to be a sunlight because without sunlight, there is no phenomena that occurs. Although potential is there, but during night, we don't see photosynthesis happening. The phenomena takes place only when there is a cause. So what happens is the phenomenal knowledge or any material knowledge is actually phenomenal knowledge. Whatever we are understanding right now uh, through science is all phenomenal knowledge, which needs a certain cause. And this is where at a certain point science stops because they don't know certain things. When I say don't know certain things, they don't know the cause of certain things. They don't understand where is this world coming about. They simply say Big Bang, but from where does this Big Bang come, they don't understand. How is all this matter getting formed is so structurally, they don't understand. So they don't understand the cause. So that is where there is a limitation for this phenomenal knowledge. But there is something called as nominal knowledge, which is absolute knowledge. It is beyond this phenomena. Whether that phenomena happens, some sources there are not there. These knowledge will remain intact. It is not based on anything. It is not based on any external thing. This is absolute knowledge. Absolute knowledge is not dependent on any other source. It is dependent only on the source that is supreme source that is Krishna. That is nominal knowledge. So Krishna is saying, I am now going to talk to you both this phenomenal knowledge that you see across in your day-to-day -day life, which is what you are perceiving every day. But along with this phenomenal knowledge, I am going to now explain to you that which is not phenomena, that is nominal. That is absolute knowledge, which is independent of anything right so one thing is krishna is saying i am going to tell this all in full it's not that okay krishna, krishna is saying arjuna it's a battlefield and we don't have time we are supposed to fight i'm not going to say everything here no no it's not like krishna is saying i'm going to give you full knowledge which you can accept right now and which is good enough for you by which you can take decisions properly right now that is going to be given to you in full you see this is complete knowledge that Krishna is going to give. And that is why even after 5000 years, they are still referring to Bhagavad Gita. It is because of this, it is complete knowledge. It is not incomplete knowledge. So that is the speciality of Bhagavad Gita. It is complete. You have a question, there is an answer to this. You Any questions you have, there is an answer to that in Bhagavad Gita. That is why it is complete. Okay. So now, let us go to the next verse. Okay, Kaushik, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the... Next verse, that is third verse. Okay. 
मनुष्यानाम सहस्रेशु मनुष्यानाम सहस्रेशु कश्यद्यतति सिद्धये यदाम अपि सिद्धानाम यदाम अपि सिद्धानाम कश्चिन माम व्यक्ति तत्वतः कश्चिन माम व्यक्ति तत्वतः वंस अगेन मनुष्यनाम सहस्रेशु कश्चिन यतति सिद्धये यतदाम अपि सिद्धानाम यतदाम अपि सिद्धानाम कश्चिन माम व्यक्ति तत्वतः माम व्यक्ति तत्वतः वंडरफुल प्लीज रीड द ट्रांसलेशन मेनी थाउजेंड Hardly one. Yes, thank you so much. So very important thing. Now this is where you will really appreciate your own good fortune. <laughs> you will be so happy to actually understand your position through this shloka. <coughs> कृष्णा इन दिस लोक आई सेइंग दैट मनुष्य नाम सहस्रेशु आउट ऑफ थाउजेंड्स एंड थाउजेंड्स ऑफ पीपल व्हाट हैपेंस कश्चित यतति सिद्धये देयर आर फ्यू पीपल हु आर एक्चुअली ट्राइंग दे आर ट्राइंग टू बिकम परफेक्ट इन देयर लाइफ दे वांट टू बिकम सिद्धास इन देयर लाइफ वेरी वेरी फ्यू ऑफ देम then yatatam api siddhana and not all, all these different people who are actually trying to become siddhas kashchin mam vyakti tatvatah out of all these thousands and thousands of people who are actually trying to become perfect in their life out of those very few they will understand me in truth kashchin mam vyakti tatvatah that is why there are so many people who cannot understand why krishna is the supreme lord there are many people who just don't accept they say that okay there is brahma vishnu maheshwara they will say that okay this devata or that devata is supreme and these days uh, there are so many invented gods <laughs> what do i mean invented god Yes, there are people who have invented gods, like uh, Sai Baba. He is an invented god. He is not god, but people have made him god. He never proclaimed himself to be god, but people made him god. The Sai Baba is not a god, but today, if you see the TV serials and all those things that goes on in the name of Sai Baba, they say that okay, they show the face of Sai Baba, and then they show they say Panduranga also. In the Uh, panduranga deity they will show the face of sai baba and they say that okay this is a superhuman uh, just like god he behaves 
and uh, even something which has not actually happened in the life of Sai Baba that will be displayed in this TV series. This is what is going on. Bogus. Invented gods. These are, this is what we call as invented gods. So people invent God also. So Krishna is saying, first of all, people are trying to become perfect and all these different people who are trying to become perfect, these people, they will go here, there to different, different uh, types of worships. And then there is even certain class of people who accept, okay, Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshwara, these three we will worship. We will not accept only Vishnu. We will accept these three people, three murtis only. Then that is complete for us. Because they say there is a creator, there is a maintainer and then there is a destructor. This is complete for us. This somewhat looks very logical also. They say that this is complete. I will not worship Krishna alone. This is my belief. We should consider these three people. Then these three people are God who maintain everything. Then some people say, no, no, Krishna is not God. Vishnu is God. They believe that Vishnu is God because Krishna is coming from Vishnu. <laughs> Vishnu actually takes avatar as Krishna. Krishna is the avatar of Vishnu. This is another level. Although there is no difference, you worship Krishna and Vishnu, they are worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There is no difference between Vishnu and Krishna. But still, when you finally understand the scriptures, finally understand this Bhagavad Gita, and you hear from the pure devotees, great Acharyas, they all accept that this two-handed form of God, that is Krishna, is actually the supreme. That is why Prabhupada also says Krishna, the supreme original personality of God. Prabhupada always says either the supreme personality of God or Prabhupada also says the original supreme personality of God. Because Krishna is the original form, is the first form and from him other expansions will take place. See, so much of levels of understanding is there just to understand Krishna. You see? That is why the gopis, when they were once wandering in the forest of Vrindavan and Krishna wanted to test them, there Krishna went as, they were searching for Krishna and Krishna went there as a Narayana form, four-handed form. When they saw this four-handed form of Narayana, they didn't get so attracted to it. The gopis said, Narayana, we pay obeisances to you, we are very respectful towards you, but we are very busy, please leave us alone now because we are searching for Krishna. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get attracted to this four-handed form. Although the Supreme Lord Narayana is there, but they were attracted to only the two-handed form, Krishna. You see, that's the topmost. So that is why Krishna is saying here, out of many, many thousands of people, it is only few, extremely few people who are understanding Krishna in truth. That is why we don't compromise. When it comes to who is God, we say Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There is no compromise in this. This is very clear to us. There is no compromise on this. That is why Prabhupada, somebody suggested, oh, Swamiji, why don't you keep your uh, society's name as while registration? He said, International Society for God Consciousness. Prabhupada said, nothing doing. God means people will get confused. There are so many gods in India. So God consciousness means they will take their own God and they will worship. 
he said international society for krishna consciousness <laughs> very clear very specific because krishna is the original personality of god so it is not so easy if you go around and talk to people and you tell them krishna is the supreme then you see what kind of arguments that they are going to give you will then understand oh my god these people are sometimes so close they are practicing spirituality but they cannot understand krishna there is a block even those people who accept vishnu as the supreme they don't want to accept krishna as the supreme so many gradations are there so now with this reference when you consider yourself then you see what is your position out of many 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 thousands of people you are few fortunate people who are now readily accepting krishna oh yes he is the supreme lord this itself has taken you much 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 higher than so many millions of different jeevas and this position you have achieved not so automatically it is coming because of many many lifetimes of tapasya many many last session i explained to you it is after many many lifetimes you have all we all have come to this position and now by the causeless mercy of prabhupad the spiritual master he is going to take us on a fast pace so we should not miss this opportunity this is the greatest opportunity that we have got very very fortunate we are such a fortunate thing it is to understand and accept krishna is not so easy you may be because now we have become little uh, you know uh, convenient with uh, accepting krishna as the supreme but you just understand go out to the world and talk to people so difficult it is to make them understand this simple truth extremely difficult so you are very very fortunate and devotees this great opportunity should not be missed at all this great opportunity is really a great boon on all of us fantastic we are very very close we are very close to actually going to goloka now okay so hinamata ji you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next words and that is verse number 4 <coughs> भूमिरापो नलो वायु खमनो बुद्धि अहंकार भिन्ना प्रकृति अष्टद there was some uh, noise you can chant this shloka once again by yourself now Again, 
there are so many things to discuss here also krishna is saying here bhumi rapo nalo vayuh kham mano buddhir evacha ahankar iti yamme bhinna prakriti ashtada krishna is giving an introduction here that earth water fire air ether mind intelligence false ego all these different eight things material things are my separated energies they are my energies but they are my separated energies what is this now ashtada although krishna is referring here as ashtada there are eight in numbers in some other vedic scriptures the material nature it is also in upanishads and few other places it's also explained that the prakriti is comprising of this prakriti is comprising of nine things what is the nine thing generally it is the quality of each of these elements is the ninth thing the qualities like example the bhumi has a certain quality what is the quality of the bhumi the bhumi's quality is to attract gravitational force we just now mentioned it has a certain the force to attract things towards itself it keeps things to it so bhumi has this it supports all of us to walk on so bhumi has that capacity similarly the water has its own capacity to flow make things float or carry the things forward similarly the wind is extremely powerful so each of these different elements have their own qualities which actually is considered to be the ninth aspect but here krishna is saying ashtada bhinna prakriti why is he saying because anyway the quality of each of these is anyway in those uh, in these eight elements so krishna is not separately mentioning this so we should not think that it is some contradictory things it is contradicting the vedas or upanishads no it's not like that krishna is just saying anyway it's a part of it these elements have their own qualities and qualities is included automatically when we talk about it so now when he is saying this is a separated energy means krishna is the original personality of godhead he never directly interferes with this separated energy he has his different expansions to take care of this separated energies because krishna is always enjoying so what happens now is to take care of this separated energy there is this form of lord shiva lord shiva is actually a interface he acts like an interface for krishna between the spiritual world and the material world lord shiva the wife is actually parvati who acts like the prakriti she is controlling this prakriti all the material energies are actually controlled by this prakriti isn't it so we should understand that this separated energy is not directly lord does not directly interfere with this he has his other expansions and energies which take care of this ashtada bhinna prakriti ashtada so now if you analyze all the scientific study that people are doing 
is only related to these ashtada eight elements any scientific invention technology or anything that we are dealing is only dealing with this ashtada everything they interact is only with ashtada and this is all phenomenal knowledge in fact they most of us today we don't even interact with the mind intelligence and ego we mostly deal only with the five earth water fire air ether this is where we deal with beyond that we don't isn't it are we dealing with the mind too much we don't try to understand the mind psychology although it is developed to some extent but we only study the effects of the mind but we truly don't know what is the mind like i told you earlier people don't know where is the position of the mind then what about buddhi many people don't even understand that there is a difference between mind and intelligence intelligence in itself is a different element whatever the inner voice comes they think it is mind that's all there is no separate thing as intelligence for scientists they don't know that there is something called as separate element like intelligence then ego false ego which is also a very subtle element not everybody understand there is no study happening in this field of mind intelligence and false ego the subtle body is completely neglected to a great degree so that's why we don't understand this aspects these are all separated energies of krishna they are all separated now by the way when we understand even these five elements there is a sequence in which these are generated now earth is the most grossest element it is the grossest element this earth you know it is actually what is the element which gives rise to earth element it is explained in the bhagavatam but i just want to ask you how is this earth produced how is earth produced any example anything that comes in your mind let me see if there is any comment yes do you understand how is this element earth produced exactly uma kumar got the point earth element is produced from the element water you must be wondering oh, what is this water actually creates earth yes it is that is how it is earth is created from water and water is created from water is created from which element water is created air ether earth is the lowest water creates it and then water is created by fire <laughs> to fire creates water how is fire created by air air creates fire how is air created air comes from ether which is subtlest of all these five of all these five ether is the subtlest and grossest element is actually the earth so earth water fire air ether this is how and where is the ether coming from 
from the mind where is the mind coming from intelligence intelligence coming from false ego and false ego is coming from where false ego is coming from the three gunas and then finally everything is coming into the mahatattva the sum total of material energy i had told you this earlier mahatattva is sum total of material energy it is the amalgamation of all this when mahavishnu glances on this this whole sum total of matter is get agitated and then there is differentiation that happens it slowly gets differentiated this whole mass of matter gets differentiated from false ego to intelligence to uh, uh, mind ether air fire water earth this is how it is but in all these different elements i had explained to you earlier all these eight elements have one thing in common what is that common thing ah ether is actually space kaushik ether is actually equal to space space is called ether kham kham manobud kham means ether so what is the common thing between all these eight things although they are different their properties are different their functionality is different what is the common thing between all these different elements i had explained this let us see if anybody remembers in the previous one chapter somewhere i had explained this concept do you remember what is the common thing between all these eight elements hmm attention attention dekhe suno attention will take us creates attachment ha ah, so the common thing between all these eight elements is actually sound you know sound is the common thing this is earth this is earth it creates sound you take water and put one drop of water in the bucket of water it makes sound when the fire is blazing it creates sound when the fan is moving and the wind is getting thrown in different directions it makes sound even in space there is sound so what is the common thread is actually sound even in mind the thoughts thoughts are nothing but sound vibration intelligence when it is deciding and giving you certain decisions that is sound vibration ego which is telling you this is your identity i am an indian i am this all this is sound vibration i am a man i am a woman how this is a sound vibration so what is common in all these eight things it is sound it is shabda this is the material sound so now let us understand that how this sound further differentiates these items these different elements so there is false ego which is giving you identity intelligence which is helping you to take decisions and then there is mind which creates thoughts generate thoughts all these are sound vibration and then there is ether the subtlest point is the subtlest element gross element is the ether so what is happening here in ether ether is nothing but space what is the quality of space to accommodate that's why the small mars and big jupiter is all accommodated in this same space space is accommodative so space is accommodative so in this space there is sound now when ether creates air 
that is vayu then what happens then along with sound when air is generated air has sound plus touch the sensation of touch that we have in our body is actually because of air because air is actually giving us the sensation of touch then from air comes fire and fire has sound fire has touch and then fire also has form you know fire there is form the form that we have actually is given to us by the fire elements then from the fire comes the water now water has sound water has form water has touch and water also has taste you are able to experience different taste because of the water element within you then from water comes earth so earth when it is generated from water it has sound earth has sound earth has touch you can touch all the gross elements then earth has form earth has the taste that's why when you test when you take the mud and eat you know you get a certain taste right you see this mobile phone it is earth it is earth material it has a form right then earth also has one more aspect one more quality and that is smell you see water has no smell air has no smell on itself it has no fragrance fire has no fragrance on itself ether has no fragrance only earth has fragrance that's why when it rains it gives you that nice aroma why because earth has aroma so these are the things which differentiates one element from other element so earth has five qualities all the five sensations what are those it has sound it has touch it has taste it has smell it has form and as you go upward water does not have smell air it does not have smell and it does not have taste and if you go to air it does not have form taste and smell you go to ether it does not have touch air a smell touch and taste you are getting the point this is how slowly the progression is happening this is what differentiate between these five elements so when we say anybody talks to you now and comes and ask you what is this five element all about these are the details that you are supposed to know about the five elements so simply we say earth water fire air ether in science teachers when they teach the children also they say oh yes our body is made up of five elements earth water fire air ether but what does it mean what differentiates them what are the cross qualities and properties this is where only the scriptures will give us the understanding about the five elements they cannot understand these subtle aspects right so smell comes only from aroma comes only from earth that is a property of earth that's why all the flowers and all the fragrance that they give where is that coming from you pour the water no you pour the water they will not give you fragrance only when you plant them on the soil properly in the soil that is when they acquire that fragrance from the soil from the earth then the fragrance is coming the fragrance again it comes again depending on the quality of the plant 
quality of the plant. The quality of the plant means what? Whether it is a in a sattva guna, raja guna, or tamo guna. Fragrance also differs. There are so many flowers. If you smell the aroma, it is not aroma actually. If you smell, you will paint. Such kind of flowers are also there. But same thing, rose, so nice fragrance. Again, they are taking the properties from the smell, aroma is coming from the earth. But because the plant is tamasic, it gives you that kind of a smell, which you cannot even smell. It is so disgusting. All this differentiation is there. See? Earth is the same. You go and plant. Now, in my whatever land we have, we have coconut tree. You can go and plant a lemon tree also. Now, lemon tree and the coconut tree, both of them are taking uh, the essential ingredients from the earth, the same earth. But still, there is this beautiful, nice, sweet. Uh, water that we get from the coconut, the tender coconut, and here is lemon which is so citric. So see the taste, the difference in taste. Same earth, but the taste is different. So, so many things we can go on analyzing like this, but these are the principles. We can understand these principles. What differentiate these uh, different elements? You should be known. And the common thread between all these things is sound. So that is why Tatshunu, if you hear attentively, then this body, which is actually you talk, oh, you say that it is made up of five elements. In one sense, this body is actually made up of sound. Because all that you have in this body is this Ashtada, these eight elements. And all these eight elements have a common thread that is sound. So in one sense, your body is made up of sound and nothing else. Isn't it? It is actually sound, but you are still able to see the form. <laughs> it is because the fire element within you. If the fire goes off, this form deteriorates. That's why, you know, when a person dies, what they check? They check the temperature. Oh, temp the temperature falls down. And moment the temperature falls down, then the form of the body starts deteriorating. Slowly the form starts deteriorating because there is no fire. The fire is gone. Isn't it? Just see. So this is how we should understand five elements. You should see, whenever you see all these phenomena happening, this is all phenomenal knowledge. So all this is phenomenal knowledge. And then apart from this phenomenal knowledge, there is something called as the soul, which is sitting beyond these eight elements. That is you. You are nowhere connected to these eight elements. That's why Krishna is saying these are my separated energy. Krishna is going to further say that you have, I have something which is not my separated energy and that is you. So wonderful. Krishna considers us to be not as separated energy. He considers us as his own energy. Mamaivamsa Jeevaloka. says you are my Amsha directly. But these eight elements are separated. So, he is very personal God. Krishna is very personal Lord. He knows how to differentiate things. He knows how to uh, uh, make us devotees and bring back to him. So wonderful and compassionate he is. Just see. So this is really mind-boggling. Sometimes when we start understanding these concepts, oh my God, so deep it is. Every day we are simply eating, sleeping, this and that we are doing. All dealing with five elements, we don't know about five elements. I hope you got the point now. If you have any questions, please go ahead and ask. We have some more, uh, maybe 10 minutes more.
if there are any questions we can take questions so further uh, we will discuss uh, in the next sessions and uh, uh, we will see and understand more about this sankhya yeah yes so we have covered four verses today and uh, krishna is going to explain many more things uh, very beautiful things are going to come up so now if you have any questions uh, you can please feel to ask any question that you have and uh, amit even you have any questions you can comment on uh, youtube hare krishna prabhu ji yes uma kumar prabhu ji suppose these five elements are not support, uh, supported for us or uh, anywhere in this cosmic uh, world what is going to happen <laughs> no when you are when you take or when you come into this material world and since this material world itself is made up of these eight elements earth water fire air ether mind intelligence and false ego moment you enter this universe you will automatically be given this five elements based on your karma now brahma body brahma who is the chaturmukhi brahma his body is completely made up of intelligence it's not like our body which is made up of five elements brahma's body is made up of intelligence completely the buddhi so you will have one of the bodies in this material world you will have the bodies which is of different elements based on time place circumstances for example now your body composition is mostly earthly that's why you cannot be put into water because when you put you put in the water you cannot live in the water because your is a earthly body but the fishes they have a watery body now you take out the water fish out of water and put it on the earth it cannot sustain because it is watery body it cannot sustain on earth similarly if you go to sun planet they there are living entities there which are having fiery body they have the body composition is completely made up of fire we cannot live there fishes cannot live there but they have fiery body so similarly there are living entities in every planet their body composition is different so in this material world you will be given one of these different compositions and you will be living in one of the material bodies so this will anyway support you in this material world and when you go to the spiritual world of course there you have a spiritual body that's all thank you prabhu yeah yes any other question so much is that this is really where you start need to you know you read bhagavad gita with proper uh, uh, depth and understanding it gives lot of amazing things these are secrets actually these are secrets amazing secrets that is why krishna is saying this is full knowledge yes uma kumar recently i purchased life comes from back to ah yes yes i am reading it's really very amazing correct Life Come From Life is a very powerful book, and that was the first book which I read of Prabhupada. Accidentally, I got it. Okay, I was going uh, into the central library in Ubli, my hometown, and as I'm going, and I was uh, trying to search some book. There were so many books in the religious section, and I picked up this book called Life Come From Life. I saw 16 morning walks, and my mother had told about 16 samskaras. Something got related. I thought, okay, 16, 16, something is there. Let me understand. i took up this book 16 morning walks 
and then that's it everything changed that one book then i started reading prabhupad books it was uh, in june uh, 2002 when i first read prabhupad book life comes from life and then in the same year uh, october i read bhagavad gita and november i first went 2002 november i went to iskon bangalore and uh, that's it things changed after that hmm. So, Hina Mataji is asking, Prabhuji, it is said that the universe emanated from sound. Could you please explain briefly? So, what happens is, like when there is the time for creating this material world, Krishna expands into Balaram, Sankarsana, and that is how there are the first quadruple expansion, the second quadruple expansion, then there is Mahavishnu who comes up. Mahavishnu is expanded. And when Mahavishnu, who is lying on the Karana ocean, is lying on this uh, causal ocean, there, when the Lord, you know, he, uh, uh, while lying down, he has this matter, Mahatattva, that is created. Now, it's like a cloud, you know, in this big sky, you see small, small clouds. So, whole sky is actually the spiritual world. In this big spiritual world, there are small clouds and those small clouds are nothing but this material world, which is only one-fourth of the total sky, one-fourth of the total creation. So, this Mahatattva is actually representing the one-fourth of the material creation. And then Mahavishnu glances and when he glances on this Mahatattva, it is said in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada in the Purpati explains that intelligently directed sound vibrations intelligently directed sound vibrations they agitate this Mahatattva and that is how that sound of the which is emanated from the uh, Lord Mahavishnu then unfolds this Mahatattva then unfolds gradually into different different elements first the Three gunas are formed and the three gunas, then the different uh, elements are formed and then once these elements are formed, then all the structuring and all those things happen. All that universe formation and everything will happen automatically. So basically, first the agitation happens of this Mahatattva and all the uh, elements are created. Once the raw materials are created, then the final product that is the universe, that Brahmanda is created. Then the Brahmanda, then uh, automatically each bubble, uh, Mahavishnu expands into Garbhodakshaya Vishnu. Then from Garbhodakshaya Vishnu's navel, Brahma is created. Then Brahma sitting on that lotus flower, he then he becomes the secondary creator within this one egg, within this one universe. So one anda, which is ruled by Brahma, is called Brahma anda. So Brahma is managing this, that's why it's called Brahma anda. So all this begins from the sound vibration and then there also when Brahma sits again, what happens? There also sound vibration. He only heard three times, tapa, tapa, tapa. When he heard this tapa, tapa three times, oh, he understood I have to meditate. Then that's how we went to tapasya for many thousands of years. And then again, Vishnu gave him knowledge. How? is Within his heart, through the sound vibration, the Vedic knowledge was given. And then the secondary creation began. This whole world got populated because of Brahma. Brahma creates the secondary things. So, this is how the whole process begins. But it is true that everything begins from the sound vibration. Sound is the essential thing. 
So there is material sound, there is spiritual sound. Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the spiritual sound vibration. So Kaujik is saying five elements, five equal to five senses. No, no, five senses are different. All these five senses are actually created by the earth element, earth element, because all these are gross elements. Here, you know, all these are made up of the earth elements. So basically, they have five senses have a certain function. Although they are having the, uh, uh, they are all matter, but they are not equal to, they are not equal to five elements. Five senses are not equal to five elements. Now this concept is also shared in Ayurveda. What is our practical spiritual connection with the five elements? Or is it just good to know knowledge? Huh, five elements, now what happens is, we understand the bodily constitution because what happens is these five elements are again based on our karma getting influenced by the three gunas and the according to our karma we have a certain composition within this body there is a certain composition where the kapha pitta vata changes the the combination of kapha pitta vata the ratio of this kapha pitta vata changes because of our karma and because of the karma, accordingly, the three modes are acting on us and our bodily constitution works. But whereas, ultimately, no matter what is our body constitution, they are all made up of these five elements only. The five elements are the raw materials. They, they give us these five things that we discussed now, the qualities. What are the qualities? The sensation of touch, the form, the smell and the taste. All these different functionalities are given to us, irrespective of what is our Kapha Pitta Vata ratio. Okay, so sorry I meant they are associated with the five senses. Okay, now what happens is, uh, these five senses are made up of mostly the earth elements because we have an earthly body. The five senses that we have, the uh, it's made up of earthly elements. But if you go uh, to the fishes, they also have these five senses. But their five senses are mostly made up of watery element. Their constitution is different there. Similarly, the living entities in the uh, in the fire, uh, in the sun, they will have five senses, but there the five senses will be mostly dominated by the fire element. But here our the five senses are mostly made up of earth elements. That's how, that's how it is. Otherwise, five senses will remain constant. This eyes, ears, nose, touch, skin, this will be there everywhere in the material world. It will be there. Five senses will be given to us. But in different different ratios and different combinations. Based on our karma, we get different 84 lakh species, different body, different type of five senses. But five senses will be given. Which will be belonging to one of these five elements. That is how it is. I hope you got the point. Hmm. So we have discussed a lot of things about five elements today and uh, there are many more things that Krishna wants to explain. So if you have any questions, you can always feel free to ask me anytime. You can drop a message in the group and then I will try to explain them. So great, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining and uh, we will again see you next Sunday and uh, we will come up with some more wonderful concepts. Of course, not we, Krishna has already given. We will just try to understand them in a better way. Okay, so very nice. Have a Krishna conscious weekend. Please study Bhagavad Gita and uh, if there is anything, please get back to me anytime.
तो विनोद जी थैंक यू सो मच एंड कौशिक देव उमा कुमार हीना माता जी सो अच्युतन जी मे बी मिस टुडे ड्यू टू सम रीजन बट वी विल अगेन गेट बैक टू हिम नेक्स्ट वीक सो प्लीज टेक केयर थैंक यू सो मच फॉर ज्वाइनिंग हरे कृष्णा हरे